Welcome to the Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast, your go-to resource for navigating the world of entrepreneurship. In today's episode, we dive into the vibrant entrepreneurial ecosystem of Argentina. We have the privilege of interviewing Danielle Miguez, a visionary entrepreneur who has thrived within this ecosystem. Join us as we explore Danielle's journey, delve into the intricacies of the Argentine ecosystem, and gain valuable lessons for navigating the entrepreneurial world in this captivating episode. The Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast is your ultimate launchpad for igniting ideas and skyrocketing your entrepreneurial dreams. Tune in, buckle up, and let's unleash the entrepreneurial spirit within. Your two hosts will be Professor Gary Palin and serial entrepreneur Ryan Budden. Today, we have a very special guest from Argentina joining us. We have my friend Daniel Niguez. And we're going to speak about entrepreneurship in Argentina. Your friends call you Dano. So I will refer to you as Dano. Dano, would you please give a brief description of your background in entrepreneurship and business, please? Gary, I define myself as a triple impact entrepreneur, as a entrepreneurial ecosystem activist. That is what does define me. I have more than 25 years deploying activities as a professor in universities, leading NGOs as employer. And actually I am focusing in scaling up a bioengineering company that throughout applied nanotechnology has developed metal-free dental implants to produce a revolution in the oral health arena with triple impact purposes. This is what defines me. Well, that's excellent. And we're gonna delve into that business a little bit later, but if we could start off, could you talk about what initially sparked your interest in entrepreneurship and what inspired you to start this business and other businesses you may have been involved with in Argentina? It sparked the idea of being art and part of the construction of the journey that best fit what makes me happy, Gary, and what makes me proud of being a valuable human being for others. This is what sparked everything. Argentina has a lot of problems, but there are things that are really great to start up a business with triple impact purposes. Among them, a great scientific and academic network, also a society that needs and ask for better products. This is great to do the lean process before scaling up globally. So being in Argentina trains any entrepreneur for the worst scenario. From a macroeconomic point of view, there is a great training center in Argentina. If you are a surfer, here you will have the big waves and the worst scenario. So you have to be trained by yourself. And uh, this is great. It's interesting. You mentioned, basically, you want to add value to society. And that's a very commonality that I met with entrepreneurs all over the globe is their real passion is to add value in an area they have deep interest. My visits to Argentina, specifically to Buenos Aires, there's a very vibrant entrepreneurial culture in your country. I can see how that became part of your DNA towards that. Now, have you been interested in entrepreneurship as a child or did it develop as you were exposed to it in later life? 
My father was an entrepreneur. My father was a traditional business owner, entrepreneur. I learned from him since my childhood how he overcome all the worst things that Argentina I mean, Argentina is really, really a, a tough place to do business, but at the same time, it's good to learn to be tough. So I learned from him. And then I, I decided to be an activist, to change the culture, to change, to create an ecosystem. Ryan and I are both very interested in social entrepreneurship, so we can both resonate with that interest to make an impact, but on a social issue also. That's very common. It's interesting that you mentioned that you grew up in an entrepreneurial environment, as did I. I think the outlier on this is Ryan, because Ryan, you grew up in a more traditional type of corporate environment. I certainly did. My dad had the corporate job. He was with the same company for 35 years. The mainstream thinking was what I was ingrained with. So it was quite a shock to my family when I chose not to go that route. Between the three of us, we're perfect examples is you can get interested in entrepreneurship from all different aspects of upbringing. Agreed. You've talked a little bit about the unique challenges that face entrepreneurs in Argentina. Is there anything specific that's challenged you in your journey and how have you overcome that? Ryan, let me tell you that by the time I started up, there was no venture capital ecosystem. There was no, especially in bioengineering and nanotechnology venture. I did a great effort to communicate the business in every event possible. Being an entrepreneurial activist, let me know of every event and every people and institution getting in this ecosystem development. Little by little, I got to meet potential partners who finally could bootstrap what it was required by that time to progress in the deployment of the business. That is the way I overcome, creating, generating trust among people, among institutions. It's like a long-term path. It sounds like the financial investment community is not as sophisticated and it seems like it's a longer cycle to develop the connections and the trust of the investors before you can secure that initial investment. Is that correct, Dana? You don't have a lot of venture capitalist funds here in Argentina as you have it in the States, but you have a lot of people, a lot of people that has their money in their pockets or in their beds, how we say here, you have to create a lot of trust that could take you years to do this connection, this bond. And finally they become angel investors. And then you create like a whole network of angels, investors, angel investment clubs. Finally, they start investing in many startups, but this is a 25 years business process. Yeah, it's very typical in the United States. It's very much your network. If you show up with a great idea and you have a weak team, investors are not that interested in you establishing the relationships with the investors is very critical. I think a difference from what I'm hearing though, is the length of time to develop that relationship and that trust is not as long in the United States as what I'm hearing you say in, it is in Argentina. Exactly. Trust is the key to it, no matter whether it's the first round and it's family, friends, and fools, or going to a big VC, them trusting the team is always going to be a big component of raising money. Totally agree. 
In the United States, Dano, there are many organizations, probably in every major city in the United States, there are entrepreneurial organizations, centers, and they're very much driven by entrepreneurs as opposed to government-driven. The ecosystem in Argentina, do you have much support from both the individual collective of entrepreneurs and the government? Is there an ecosystem that supports the growth of new businesses? By the time I started up, there was practically no ecosystem. I am talking about 2000, 2002. I had a double mission. One being an activist to co-create this entrepreneurial ecosystem. And second, to create my own company with the purpose of impact positively, humanity and the planet. So it was very tough at the beginning. Once different actors became part of this ecosystem, it really potentiated all the process of creation of my startup. I can say that a part of the importance of the knowledge to create something, entrepreneurship, it's all about networking. That's interesting because again, it's been at least 20, if not longer, since we had a chance to physically been together. I believe it was through the MIT Global Startup Workshop that was held in Buenos Aires. About 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I brought a group of students to Argentina on a study abroad trip. And I remember that you were out of town during that time because I had tried to get in touch with you. At that point, I remember one activity, we met on a roof with a social hour with an entrepreneurship support group in Buenos Aires. So it sounds like from when I first met you to that point where I brought those students, there's been quite a development of the ecosystem and that you've been a part of that. And my congratulations to you. That's very important. So has it even further developed from the last time that I was in Argentina about 10, 15 years ago? Yeah. Well, this journey, I've been an activist and together with other NGOs as MPR, we push all the different governments to launch entrepreneurial programs to finance or incubate startups. This really was difficult to push, but nowadays there are entrepreneurial programs in every province, in every government, and in any university in Argentina. This is something great. There are many things to improve regarding public policies. Nowadays, we are joining efforts to create like a manifest from the entrepreneurial ecosystem to enlighten the policymakers and wake up the general society towards a world empowered by entrepreneurial citizenship. We believe that Argentina will really wake up if all the citizens have this entrepreneurial mind to foster triple impact purposes. That is for me the roadmap as an activist. I remember when we got together, I had the pleasure of speaking in one of your classes. I was very impressed with your energy and enthusiasm in front of the room and your students adored you, I could tell. I very rarely will see that experience when I'm teaching my students. <laughs> That sounds like it was one of the very first classes of entrepreneurship in Argentina. How about pre-university age? Are children more interested in entrepreneurship today than they were a few decades ago? Totally. We did a good job on that aspect, going to every school possible to talk about entrepreneurship with triple impact approach. We have evolved a lot in terms of culture, 
in our beginnings, we have all the factors on the bad directions. Now we are on the good path towards a, a better culture to, in the families, let the student pursue their convictions, their personal development plans towards entrepreneurship. 25 years ago, it was not good to start up something. I mean, the family would say, hey, go and find a job in a corporate, but not starting up something. But nowadays that is different and that is very good. It's amazing to hear the impact you've had on that. One of the things you mentioned is the regulatory environment. So this activism that you're trying to do is to push the regulatory environment forwards. What does it look like today? Is the government of Argentina supportive or is there a lot of room for the growth in that area? In every province, in every government of these provinces in Argentina, you have an entrepreneurial program giving subsidies to different phases of the startup from early stage to more mature or late stage. There are also venture capital funds that do matching fund with government. So that is something that is happening. Of course, not in the scale that is needed. It's something that is moving forward. My last visit to Argentina with a group of students, we spoke with several entrepreneurs and the students were shocked on one specific area was how long it took to go through the paperwork and the bureaucratic component of starting a business. Because in the United States, the three of us could incorporate a business today. It would be that fast. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to succeed, but the structure of it is very seamless and we can do it online. Is that still the same situation that it takes several weeks from what I recall to get the paperwork and bureaucracy through, even just to organize a business legally? Gary, you made a, a good question because we've been fighting, we've been battling with policymakers to launch a one-day process to create your business, what is called SAS, corporate in one day. And finally, we launched it with the Argentinian Association, the Argentinian Entrepreneurial Association, and with a lot of NGOs and governments. And finally, was kick off. And there's a lot of new companies in Argentina with this method. But then came another government with another policy and destroyed all the last, what the previous government did. That is one of the worst things in Argentina that it's all about politics. One politic that came and says that the previous one did all wrong. So changing rules all over the way. And that is the worst thing we have in Argentina, the worst, the worst. Uh, it's changing the policies every four years. That is really, really the enemy in Argentina, the enemy of our energy, of our mission. Yeah, it sounds like you're dealing with a moving target. How about the cultural, social, and economic factors in Argentina? How has that shaped the entrepreneurial journey in Argentina? Gary, we have all the factors on the bad directions in my beginnings. But that turned a people, turned an entrepreneur, a tough person. And I believe that the best conditions you may have as an entrepreneur is to really have a genuine faith, conviction, 
and resilience all over the path. And that is the most important value as an entrepreneur from my point of view. All cultural situations are not that good in Argentina, but at the same time, that is something good to be trained as an entrepreneur. There's some strong commonalities in the United States. Resilience is very important to be an entrepreneur and it is not an easy path. It's not a path that I advise for most people. Very, very difficult. And if you don't absolutely love what you're doing, most people, what they do is they give up because it is so hard. So that sounds very typical. What about the component of failure and acceptance of failure in Argentina? Because that seems to be a very distinct area where we're experiencing in the United States is that failure is not necessarily a bad thing unless you failed for the wrong reasons, like collusion would be the wrong reason. But if you've had market shifts, issues that are uncontrollable, that a business fails, you're actually viewed as more valuable from failure in the United States because of lessons learned. And the investors will think of that as a plus. How is that perspective of failure in Argentina from the entrepreneurial community? Failure was something bad. In my beginnings, 25 years ago, in the family ambient, in the friends ambient, you have to succeed. So failure is something that was really bad right now. With all this entrepreneurial ecosystem all over Argentina, along the path, I mean, in every provinces, right now, becoming an entrepreneur is everyone is understanding that is a process of failure and failure and failure. You know, suddenly you become success, but was part of many failures. That is something that is getting part of our culture also very nice to to say it because 25 years ago was totally different you've talked a lot about how argentina creates strong entrepreneurs because of how difficult it is i like that analogy right the best of the best are coming out of this because of the difficulties early on having said that because it's such a melting pot to get to the success what are some of the key lessons that you've learned through that hardship that you think other people could learn from? Well, first, create good long-term relationships with others, especially with whom complement one is crucial to become a trustable person. And this sooner or later creates a strong network that supports mainly emotionally and economically. Second, that every money fundraised has to be used with total accountability. Understanding that until money comes from sustainable sales, everyone has to support with bootstrapping process. And third, that lean process is really important to find the best business model and to not waste money and energy in big deployments in the beginnings. And always to focus on listening to the clients and users that attend the business that we want to launch. Experience that both Ryan and I have in entrepreneurship, you mentioned bootstrapping. We're fans of bootstrapping if you can. And we're also a big fan of the lean startup. You did mention regards to the investors. In essence, what I heard is you have to be a good steward of the investment. You can't be wasteful of any money that's coming into your venture from an investor. How much do they oversee that? Are they meeting with you quarterly? 
weekly, daily? What is the type of interaction when you get an outside investor? Well, Gary, I can say that we have to differentiate two types of investment. One is from angels, and the other is the typical venture capital, where you have a structure management team of people that is looking after your best report to them. At the beginnings, it's very important to have angel investors that trust in you, in the team, and are part of the team. The reports are done when it is required to do it. There is no so rigid, so structured, and everyone is understanding what is going on. When you have a venture capital firm inside your business, that these people have many businesses, maybe they are attending 20 startups at the same time, they need a structured report every 15 days, every one month, every month, or maybe quarterly, depending on the progress of the business. If there is a lot of trouble, they will ask you every 15 days. If the business is growing good, they will ask you every two months or quarterly. So it depends on the business. From our conversation, we have seen there's been tremendous change in the last few decades of entrepreneurship in Argentina. But one change that we haven't discussed is emerging technologies and trends. What type of impact have you seen from businesses with emerging technologies and trends in Argentina? For example, over the last few decades, the cloud technology has been a big game changer across the globe. But even more recently, we're seeing the explosion of AI. So how would you talk about emerging technologies and trends in Argentina? Very interesting question, Gary, because it's really changing everything. AI is changing everything. By the way, you know that I have a business creating metal-free dental implants. Right now, we are creating the implants with nanosensors. It took biological data, and so every person can have their own biological data tokenized. There is a whole new business going on. Right now, AI is changing everything. Everything in every business. It's like internet did 25 years ago or 30 years ago. Right now, AI is doing the same. It's changing everything. So we don't know what's going on. So that's why it's so important for humanity to have entrepreneurial spirit with triple impact purposes. Deno, I read the description of your current venture that you sent to me, and it sounds very exciting. Would you mind talking a little bit more about that? What are you up to? I have a vision in my beginnings that was creating a metal-free dental implant solution to improve quality of life to humanity and using 100% ecological production and commercial methods. was a vision 20 years ago. In order to achieve this vision, we had to start up with a business-to-business -business, business model with a little part of this business to get deployed considering the lack of resources and certainty I had by that time. Day after day, we conquered this business and right now, we have set up the business in the United States, in Brazil, in Europe, in Argentina. We are almost there to obtain the FDA approval. We have already approved in Argentina by the medical regulatory. So more than 200 doctors are using these metal-free dental implants. This is transforming the oral health worldwide. So I am very proud of leading this transformation. 
and giving to people a better oral health and also showing that there is a way to produce with 100% ecological methods. Now, who is the target market? We sell to doctors. We sell to doctors the metal-free dental implants. And the doctors, of course, attend to patients that are needing to take out the metal implants they have or just put metal-free dental implants. There is a lot of benefits instead of placing a metal implant. Now, is the end user more towards the lower socioeconomic factor or is the end user across the broad spectrum and their economic situation has nothing to do with it? Right now, if you want to place metal-free dental implants, you will have to pay three or four times more. Wow. Rich people access to metal-free dental implants. What I am doing with my business is to democratize this. I'm going to middle-class people to access to metal-free dental implants because it will improve really, really a lot the quality of life of people and humanity. Yeah, I see just off the top of my head, and we can speak a little bit more about this after we're done the podcast. I see some potential social entrepreneurship issues of where you can expand this to people from across the globe that don't have access to this and have no funds at all. So we can talk about this as we move forward. That would be a longer conversation than this interview. It will be my pleasure, Gary, too. Because we are a triple impact company, by the way. All the investors that get in have to sign in the agreements that once they recover the money they invest, from that point, they will have to donate 10% of the dividends the profits they will have as an investor. I collect in every country all this 10% and goes to a social fund to do, for example, train doctors to go to vulnerable societies, communities that don't access to dental implants. We place to them metal-free dental implants, the best of the best, by free. This is part of our business model. It's like a triple impact business model. That is, everything is integrated. The economics, the social impact, the environmental impact, everything is integrated in the business model. Daniel, I'm really impressed at how you've been able to keep the triple bottom line in a growing business, in a difficult environment. The more examples out there of people hearing about successful ventures that have that triple bottom line, have multiple streams of impact, the better for the whole ecosystem it is. I know that's a big passion of Gary and I's doing social impact. How have you been able to bring up that around you in Argentina? Is the triple bottom line becoming a bigger facet of entrepreneurship? Yes, Ryan. You're right. All the efforts in this entrepreneurial ecosystem where we are more than 60 NGOs all connected in every provinces, the focus is triple impact. It's supporting entrepreneurs that has triple impact approach. If not, there is no sense to help entrepreneurs. Uh, it's like a lot of efforts from public institutions, universities, governments. We are understanding that helping a person or a team of people launching a business, there is a sense of doing this support if these people then are committed with the society again, with the environment for all humanity. So we are all connected. I believe that in the future, the sense of nationality is going to be changing. We are all humans. We are all connected. We need to help each other. 
to foster a better humanity and helping the planet and every living being. I love that dream. And it really speaks to, I'm assuming what you view as the future of entrepreneurship in Argentina, moving towards this more inclusivity and bringing everybody together. Exactly. Exactly. That is what moves me to be an activist. Putting my energy, of course, in my business that is global. I am in many countries right now. But talking about Argentina, that is what moves me. I love it. It's a, truly a dream. The U.S. might have to be catching up with Argentina soon. We have to be all connected, helping each other in our strength. We have to be all together working towards better communities, better humanity. Because if not, we are really in a trouble. The humanity is going to, to a really scary situation if we don't move forward quickly to a new path. As you're such a great example of how this is moving forwards, how can the people listening to us right now support you on your journey? They have to find their way to work with others, to potentiate their businesses. And if they do go towards triple impact missions, they will help me, they will help everyone. We are all connected. And sooner or later, we can get connected. If our purposes are are matching uh, and doing it with love, with passion, respecting each other and taking care of communities and the planet. I think that's an amazing place to wrap up. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? In my case, I am working very hard to join my global company in every country. In the States, I am already there in a few months. All the North Americans will have metal-free dental implants to ask for instead of metal implants that is not good for their health. And I am moving to Europe, Asia, Brazil, and many other countries. My company is called, in the States, it's called C7. The mother company is called MAV. You can give all the information about this to your audience. Of course, I am totally predisposed to attend anyone that wants to contact me. That's very impressive, Dano. And I can just feel your passion coming across the screen. Very, very impressive. And I want to thank you very much for participating in this interview. And just finally, if someone listening is interested to further discuss this new venture, how can they get in touch with you specifically? They can send to me an email. It's dmiguez, D-M-I-G-U-E-Z, at, and then my company site, that is mabbiomaterial.com. That is M-A-B-biomaterial.com. Okay, excellent. And with your permission, I'm going to put a brief description of your company in the description area of the podcast and your email address, if that's okay with you. Of course, of course, Gary, please. Thanks. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Dan. I appreciate the time you spent with us. I appreciate also being with you. Congratulations on all your success and to you, to Ryan and all the team that is supporting you. It was great talking to you. I really loved the perspective of Argentina. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate your time today. It was my pleasure, Ryan. Pleasure to meet you. As we wrap up another episode of the Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast, we extend our gratitude for your presence and attention. 
Your dedication to the entrepreneurial spirit fuels our passion for creating this podcast. Check out profspirit.com to discover resources and courses designed specifically for innovators like you. Stay on the cutting edge by following us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, and other platforms as it is released. Until then, keep the entrepreneurial flame burning.